Welcome to the Soul Influence Podcast. I'm Lawrence Gordon, known in certain circles as Morris, and I'll be joined by my partner, Jeff Rogers. We are on a mission to create, to provide our audience with love for their soul. Let's be curious, honest, and active together as we discuss and dissect not only the daily influencers, but influences, soul influence. Jeff, man, good to be back on the pie with you. I'm super excited to talk to a couple um, amazing people, Mike Metcalf and Sean Pete with Deck Leadership um, and, and talking NASCAR, talking diversity, efficiency, culture, kindness. Um, man, so exciting. Can't wait to get these guys on. Yeah, I'm excited to have them too. Um, there's a lot of personal interest just in NASCAR. You know, I got two boys at home that are all over right now. I mean, I, I always watched it growing up, big Dale Earnhardt fan, you know, yeah. it was really sad when he passed. Um, never really know why I was attracted to it, but the boys have really picked it up just from me watching a couple of races. Now they're all over it. So I'm excited to see how things work and, and how they've developed a new, you know, kind of program for not only the people directly involved with their business, but even outside of that, just how they're approaching the, you know, the archaic systems of being over-processed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know Mike, he always says this when he shows up is that speed is the currency of business. Um, and, and that everything is about speed and, and Sean even gets into like how quickly they have to change a tire. Like there's so many things in NASCAR that just when you look at it, you're like, well, how hard is it to drive a car or how hard is it to change a tire? And I, I kid you not, like here in Charlotte, they allow you to bring your car to the track and drive around. And I, I did, I've done it like three times. And when you're on that racetrack and obviously I'm in my, my personal vehicle, um, I did not go past like 75 miles per hour. That's how terrified I was of wrecking. Like you have people that literally show up in Mustangs, Porsches, and they're like at 120. They are like, they let you rip. And my kids are like, dad, go faster, go faster. And listen, I tried to go faster and I went up on that, that thing. Well, I don't even know what it's called. It's called a bank. I almost, yeah, I I almost felt like I was going to die. And so It's just, they take you into that world of NASCAR, but also the bridge that they take you on into the marketplace of how so many things in business, um, fear, failure, all of these things that I even felt when I was out there, (laughs) like how you just have to push those things to the back of your mind and focus on the moment. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's just a beautiful thing listening to these guys talk about business and about how their sport uh, translates so much in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you never told the kids that Station Wagon is not supposed to go faster than 75, but. <laughs> yeah, um, I know, right? I know, right? And, and, no, and just I, just side note, I had an SUV, which that was a terrible no. idea. You should never take an SUV to, yeah. No, but I think that's a, that, that's a great analogy, you know, because I've done it. I've been on the track before. I've also been on the quarter mile you know, with, with a faster car and it, you, you are supposed to 
not break. And you're supposed yeah. to accelerate in the corner. It's the opposite of how you've been not only taught to drive a car, but it also applies to life, right? Like they're trying mm. to change decades of influence or observation as, as you're in your upbringing that, oh, no, 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 you should, no, 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 you know? And it's like, no, this part of life is the opposite. Yeah. You're supposed to approach it differently. You're supposed to absorb those things differently, react differently. And, you know, that there is a lot of stop signs and warning signs and opportunities to break, shift, things like that in, in the corporate culture that uh, I'm really excited to hear how these guys are, I don't want to say breaking it down, but modifying it for, for the next generation because I don't, I don't think the generation behind us is, is thinking like our generation, but they're being managed by our generation. Yeah. You know, and that's just going to create frustration and, you know, really squash creativity and probably have a high level of, of turnover with your, with your employees. Yeah. I mean, I, I call them disruptors. Like I really think when you get Sean and Mike in deck leadership, you're going to get something that you didn't think you were going to get, like whatever you thinking, you're not going to get that. Um, and I, I love, I love the way that they think about people. You know, one of their key principles is to win with good people. And I think that that's where it all starts. When you talk about building a team, when you talk about creating momentum in your life, it all starts with good people. Like who's in your circle, who's around you. And when you are in a company or are a part of a team that there, there, there are people that aren't good in that and you have inherited it. Like, what does that look like to create conversations around diversity, around efficiency, culture, and kindness to help maybe get them going in a different direction? And, and just kind of discussing that and talking through like what that looks like and how you do that. Because they took over a team at Ganassi Racing that mm-hmm. wasn't great, right? And they had to go in head first and begin to start slowly making changes to create a, a better team. Um, and it starts with them and, it, and, and, and looking at themselves, but they also kind of walk through how they looked at their team. And, and, and to win with good people, Jeff, as you know, and kind of where we are and, and even starting this podcast and just doing it with people that you care about and people and bringing guests on that we like, and we enjoy and are good people. It's just trying to find like, how do we spread that message as much as possible? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to hear from them. I think they got a great motto. They're young businessmen that are trying to affect a, not only their immediate industry, but, but other industries and i'm i'm excited to hear them talk see where what they've learned i mean they've also had one of the largest challenges of any new company or any company in general with you know covid and social injustice social unrest Mm -hmm. you know happening Mm -hmm. you know just two years into their their business plan so just even interested to see how they've adjusted and where they're going from here if anything's changed you know, how they're kind of defining success. So now I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, without further ado, let's, let's, let's talk to Sean and Mike deck leadership. Sure. 
Man, we are back with another episode of Soul Influence. And today, super excited to be joined um, by the leaders of DEC Leadership, uh, Mike Metcalf and Sean Pete. Guys, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you guys. We're excited for it. Yeah. Man, so just let's just start here. Like, what does DEC Leadership mean? Um, and, and what are you guys doing with as it relates to leadership? So DEC Leadership, uh, it's an acronym for Diversity, Efficiency, Culture, and Kindness. We, Sean and I are pit crew uh, performance coaches, um, pit crew trainers. We've worked in the motorsports industry for, um, I think, 16 years for me, 18 for him. And uh, <clears throat> about halfway through, we were asked to go to Chip Ganassi Racing and take over their pit department. And the teams are outside of the top 20 Uh and in about three years, we're inside of the top five. And it wasn't that we did a big talent search. It wasn't salaries. It wasn't the, you know, we threw a bunch of money at resources, facilities, things like that. It was culture. Uh, it was diversity. It was efficiency. It was kindness. And so uh, we were asked to speak at the NFL Combine in 2017. And uh, <clears throat> this was right around the time where things were going. And we're like, man, what the heck is going on over there at Canassi? <laughs> and uh, we didn't really think we had much to say or we're doing anything special, but um, after that conversation, man, we connected with so many different uh, NFL guys and team and performance coaches and trainers. And um, we realized, man, maybe we do have a message. Maybe we should start trying to get this stuff out here. For us, it was a simple formula. You know, we say all the time, speed is the currency of business. And if you're, if you're, you know, it's not big beating small is fast beating slow. And um, everybody needs to adapt in a rapidly changing world. COVID's changing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of social, racial, political unrest, you know, like everything has to happen quickly. And so uh, our formula for speed is diversity, efficiency, culture, and kindness. So we're working with a lot of teams. I don't want to say too much. I'll let Sean chime in here, but working with people and all across all kinds of business platforms um, to get faster and to, um, you know, we just want to inspire human brilliance and see leadership done a better way. Yep. I, I agree. I think, um, uh, like I said, we, Mike and I kept hearing in the corporate space that, you know, companies wanted their people to operate like pit crews and not knowing what that was. So, um, you know, I think one of the, the things that a lot of them think is that we're going to come into your company and we're going to give you a process, you know, and operating like a pit crew is elevating people over process, right? It's making people feel valued so that when they come to work, you're getting the best version of them. So, you know, we've done everything from, you know, we've worked with the Dallas Cowboys to Merck Pharmaceuticals and everywhere in between. Um, we have a highly curated uh, team building experience where we actually bring the race car to the parking lot of your business, whether that's in New Jersey or Bend, Oregon. And um, we get your team outside and we bring the, the tire guns and the tires and the fuel cans. And we're going to teach you to operate like a pit crew. And by the end of it, people are always astounded by how many parallels there are between their business and a NASCAR pit crew. Well, like shout that. out to Ben. Shout out to Ben yeah. out there. Yeah, you're welcome. You can come anytime you want. Um, <laughs> I'll get into that later. But that I, I, I like that speeds the currency of business. I, I like that a lot. And um, you really are going after just just all kinds of businesses. So it's got to be, you know, all their infrastructures are probably different. All their, they've all been taught a different way to operate as a team. I mean, I know coming from Nike, it was definitely over-processed, you know, so I, I love that approach of just not coming in with one. 
because they've heard one too many. What did, um, I'm curious though, and this is a question I've asked a lot of, a lot of folks is what did you change post COVID? You know, we've always talked about whatever a business plan was before COVID, it probably needed to be adjusted or you guys saw some new opportunities. How did, how did you guys shift and what did you kind of build in to go forward post COVID? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things that we saw with, with COVID was that not even on our team, but across the board was people got to reevaluate their relationship with money. They got to spend time with their children. They got to be out in their yard. They got to do all these things. Um, so the one thing that we knew coming back is that we had to make them feel more valued than we already were doing. Um, because now it was not, you know, they reevaluated this relationship with money. Now it's, it's purpose over purse strings, right? You can't just incentivize them anymore because they've realized, hey, I like spending time with my kids. So one thing we did was we pared down our schedule a little bit. Um, we used to practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, we shifted some of that and, and took uh, Thursday off the books, turned Monday into a blood flow workout. So we were really focused in on practice Tuesday, Wednesday. So these people still get this wonderful experience at home and are excited to come and spend, you know, the time they need to, you know, to be high functioning pit crew people. So I think it was really like trying to give them back time. And instead of take time, take time and exchange that for money, it was more trying to balance, um, you know, them feeling valued in our organization and them getting what they needed at home. Another thing was just a commitment to mental health. I think a lot of what's transpired in the last couple of years has affected everybody in some way. Um, some people aren't even aware of how it's <laughs> affected them, right? And mm -hmm. so just creating safe places, uh, platforms, opportunities just to connect at a, a meaningful level beyond what the business is. Um, I think it's been maybe some of the best things that we've done, you know, to actually make our pit stops faster. It wasn't that we were practicing. It was just making sure people were coming and showing up to work in a good space and had the mental capacity to be able to com compete and, and perform at a high level. Um, that connection kind of, you know, the distancing, like we're all wired for connection. And so much of that kind of got fractured over the last year and a half. So <clears throat> just trying to create, again, those opportunities for people to connect at a meaningful level, I think has been uh, really important for the teams that have navigated this well. Is there something specific in relation to mental health that you guys see in your profession or do you, or do you kind of, it's still broad? Well, I think, you know, Jeffrey, you work with athletes as well, right? And there is a lot put on athletes now because of social media, right? Mike and I were both college athletes. Mike could fumble at the first, the, the one yard line. I could give away a breakaway pass and I didn't have to worry about, you know, a uh, hundred or 500 or a thousand people yeah. telling me how horrible I was. So, you know, our pit crew guys, they're going to go to a, a, a racetrack and if they blow a pit stop, you have all the keyboard warriors attacking them on, you know, and, and I think because Mike and I didn't deal with that, it, we were, maybe we were a little bit late to the party and it's like, okay, like how can we put these guys in a better cognitive position? You know, so one of the, like some of the messaging around what we do is, you know, our job is to train five people to change four tires and put 18 gallons of fuel in a car in 12 seconds. We operate right on the verge of what's humanly possible. Um, so to put them in a, a, a better cognitive position, uh, we reframe things like failure, right? Because we know we're going to fail. So like in our, we're constantly harping on our guys, fail quickly. You know, we're, our, our, the success of a weekend for us is not whether we fail or not. It's how quickly we meet that failure, move past it and, and take the teaching moment out of it. 
you know, another thing too, is there's millions of dollars on what we do, you know, riding on every pit stop. Um, so we reframe pressure, you know, and instead of pressure being the monster under the bed, you know, we talk about all the time how pressure is a privilege. And if you feel pressure in your life, it's because life, the world is asking a lot of you. You know, how, how, how boring would life be if, if the only thing you had to worry about was making sure the store was locked up at, at five at night or making sure the, the, the floor was swept at the, you know, and, and not, not taking away from those vocations, but, you know, instead of looking at pressure as this monster, let's embrace it and be like, mm -hmm. hey, I feel pressure because the world's asking a lot of me. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sean, you, you hit it right on the head and I was actually getting ready to dive into this from your book, 12 Second Culture, which you guys have both released during the pandemic. And, and, a, and a piece of that, and I'm gonna read this, that talks about failure, it says, we focus on growth over performance. The success of our day is not determined by whether or not we fail. We know failure is coming. The success of our day is determined by how quickly we navigate that failure, extract any teaching moments from it and move past it. Like, I think that is so powerful, right? It's a message that every pit crew, every athlete, every coach, every organization needs to hear both in athletics and in the marketplace. Like, I just think failure is inevitable. Um, but what what does that passage, obviously, Sean, I know you just touched on it, but Mike, what does that passage mean to you when it comes to failure and taking the things that you can teach and then moving past it, the things that you can't control. Yeah, I mean, I think failures for Sean and I has been our best teacher. And so if we had looked at failure as the end, Sean says all the time, don't put a, um, <clears throat> a period where God intended a comma. And so mm -hmm. failure is just a comma. You know, it's like, all right, well, what's the next part of this sentence? And that that part of the sentence is my response and how I react to it and what I do moving forward. We can't fix the failure. It's already happened, <clears throat> but we can learn from it and move on. And so for me, it's learning and moving on, extracting the teaching moments. Uh, it's growth. It's how you grow. It's most successful people have <clears throat> failed tremendously in everything. <laughs> you know, right. you know, every yes. every actor, every I mean, writer like they have. A, a whole playbook of how they screwed stuff up, but they right. kept going. And so um, if you let that failure paralyze you, it leads to fear and uh, fear is what can tear teams apart. It will derail you as an, as a competitor, as a business leader. And when people are on the wall and the car's coming in, I don't want them thinking about fear. I don't want them thinking about failure. I, I want failure to be a light thing that even if it happens, it can learn from it and make me better. And uh, I want them thinking about lug nuts and tire spoke patterns and how the car is going to stop, <clears throat> things like that. So we can, you know, if we can push all this external noise out and we can focus in, I think it gives us an advantage. And, and I'll add, like, you know, we get failure wrong. You know, it, life is about trajectory. It's as long as we're going up and to the right, we're good and, and we can handle failure. What we can't handle is compounding failure where this failure leads to the next one because we're still here, which makes it lead to the next one, right? If we can fail, okay, we're dipping, but we're going back up into the right. So it's like, like I said, trajectory. That's what we're looking for. The goal is not to be perfect. It's to be better tomorrow, you know? And, and that's regardless if you're training pit crews or, or, or business teams or just in life in general. And I would say the only, the, the fun part about this on the leadership side, cause we're still in it. I mean, I was, we we're racing yesterday in Sonoma, California. 
And our crew chief ripped our heads apart after the race because <laughs> of, of something that I greenlighted that I didn't run by him. <clears throat> that was faster, but it's a little risky, right? And so, um, but I stood up and said, hey, that's on me. I'll take the heat for all of it, you know? And and our the rest of our crew guys, they're going to walk into the shop and they're not going to have to deal with any of those meetings and I'll take it. <clears throat> And again, that lets them think about their job. They're not thinking, am I in trouble? Like, is he mad at me? Like what, you know, it's trying to create environments where people can focus in on, you know, this goes back to that mental health. When you have all these things that you have to worry about, you know, so much of our, you know, our uh, identity when we're, we're athletes and competitors comes from our ability to perform, right? So when we're not performing well, um, it affects us at a deep level. You know, everything, everything can be going wrong in life. But if Kyrie goes and drops 50, he's good. You know, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? like everything's fine, you know, but when he's in a slump, you know, it's like, man, like, man, life, I'm in a bad place, y'all. I need help. And so it's uh, it's just, again, it's trying to create as many ways as possible um, opportunities for people to just zero in on what they are passionate about and what they enjoy doing. And it allows them to just fall more in love with what they do every day. And I think if you can you know, grow in your passion with what you do. I think you have a chance to be successful. That's good. First of all, I knew exactly where you were yesterday because my my nine and seven year old are like crazy. Okay. Crazy NASCAR. I mean, huh. hey, number forty three, number twenty two, Joey Logano. It's like it, it's crazy, right? Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. They've recorded everything, so like the DVR is full. We've noticed at night. It's like, oh, where, where's, where's the Nets game? Oh, well, I guess they got uh, chopped off for, you know, road racing at Watkins Glen two weeks. It's like, so I'm, I mean, they, you know, they got all the cars lined up in the basement and race tracks they build, and it's just kind of crazy how. I mean, I watch it, but they've just become kind of immersed in it. So they're, they're definitely looking for me to kind of talk shop tonight after I'm off this call, but um, I love the trajectory conversation because a long time ago when I, you know, did, being in corporate, there's, like I was saying earlier, there's so much process and all that. There's a lot of things you just, you know, kind of roll your eyes like you're sitting in school. But the one thing this guy, the boss I had, he just held up a one pager and it was the, you know, the, hey, if you're climbing a mountain, you know, who's you're not always going up. There's some down in there, right? But at the at the end of the day, you're still you're still working towards you know the ultimate goal. And when you said trajectory, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I was curious, how long have you guys been been doing your business? Oh uh, gosh, uh, four years. Four About years. Four years. I mean, it started out with you know talking to local the local juice shop and you know like the nfl combine and then it got a little <laughs> bit bigger and then like i said i, I remember uh, we were invited up to ohio university to speak to their business uh program and we got we had to speak before nike and i just remember like oh, instantly man. when we heard it i was like oh it it makes you play small right because all your self-limiting beliefs and then mike and i were like no we have something to say so i remember going up on stage and was like um presenting in front of Nike is like Nickelback opening up for the Rolling Stones. And it just kind of lifted the, it just lifted the <laughs> lid off it. Yeah. Well, Mike and I are really passionate about what we do. So, you know, I think the, the biggest compliment we always get is that it's hundred percent authentic. It's not polished. It's not, it's, Hey, we want your employees to be excited to come to work. 
and, and people feel that when we talk. So, um, uh, yeah, it's um, our, our business is still in its infancy, but we've been in some really, really big rooms already. You know, I, yeah. I uh, we sat down with Coach Reed. We were invited out to Kansas City, and um, you know, we're down in the in the bellows of the stadium, and and the, one of the trainers is like, "Hey, the big man wants to see you guys." And we just had a couple minutes with him and, and it went a little longer than that. And you can start seeing him get a little uncomfortable. And he's like, fellas, I'd love to keep talking, but I have dinner with Garth Brooks tonight. So, oh, God. oh yeah. So our 12 yeah. seconds was up, you know, it, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what a brilliant human being. And, and like I said, to, to be in conversations in some of the rooms we've already been in is uh, it just shows that, I mean, obviously our message is resonating with people. And is there, looking at where you guys are now is there is there kind of some some i don't want to say goals i'm gonna get too corporate but i mean is there a couple things out there that you're kind of heading towards right now as you look at you know next couple years growth you know maybe hey i learned this from covid or we've learned this from four years or feedback from the book but setting setting focus on a couple things that you guys are really zeroed in on for the next you know, four years or two years? I know we had just kind of gotten the like live experience part, kind of, you know, troubleshoot, you know, doing some troubleshooting and figuring out how to really host people and put on like a couple day kind of event or something. And then COVID happened. And so uh, just, I'd say like the next couple of years is probably just trying to get back to some of that to where we can actually do stuff. Everything's been on Zoom. So yeah. we're, we have our first in-person, we did in-person with Hope Haven uh, and that was it for, I mean, like a year and a half. So, um, so hopefully, yeah, we can get the car back out and do some live stuff. And the, the biggest project on the horizon, Jeffrey, is we're, we're, we're putting this, uh, this event together, which is a day of basically um, heightened stimulus experiences. So you come in, you embed with our pit crew in Concord at the race shop. And then you have a pit crew experience and then we go race shifter carts, which if you put your foot all the way in the gas, um, you're going to see, <laughs> it, 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 you know, you're going to question yourself. So we have a day of all these heightened experiences and then we take you the next day and it's absolute serenity and silence. So basically, you know, we, Mike and I have uh, really believe that we've lost the opportunity to think. You know, the way that we are inundated with information today, what we're being required of, of our companies, we never get to be quiet anymore. So mm. we're trying to build this experience. Where it's like uh, the storm and then the calm. And, and again, let people get quiet and let them think vertically for a day. And let's see what we come out of there like. You know, a lot of times when you can silence that noise, some of your best ideas come your way. So that's, um, it's down the road. Um, and we'll probably roll that out next year, I think. Yeah, wow, making, that's, that's so making good. Decisions, making decisions based upon inputs from other people is very different than thinking, right? I think we confuse the two sometimes. Like, oh man, I, man, my brain's fried. But that's you might not have moved your company forward. You know, you might not have elevated it from from you know from here to here. You might not have created or innovated. You might have just made decisions based upon stuff that was already existing. So what Sean is saying, we're trying to get people to think vertically. And I think that's important. I mean, focus has been deemed as the number one challenge, you know, for all the generations behind us moving forward. I mean, just the ability, like you said, I mean, I, dude, I love that. Like you're going to just basically 
send their RPM to 9,000 and then the next day, <laughs> hey, turn it off. Just, yeah. just turn it off. Don't even look at it. I don't even know where my car is, right? Yeah. I think I, I'm fascinated by how that's going to turn out. I think that's an awesome approach. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I'm very intentional about it, Jeff. Like we bought an old mill in North Carolina built in the 1800s that we're redoing and, and, and we're really looking to, to build in the things that evoke simplicity. So there's like, there's water falling over the dam. There's a water wheel that just turns slowly. There's big covered decks that you can just sit on uh, rocking chairs. There's fire pits. So you'd come in that day, you know, your phones get checked in and it's, you know, it's all these things, like I said, that evoke simplicity. There's a part of it where we go to this old civil war graveyard and we talk about time, you know, and, and, and how much time do we have left? How do you want to be identified? How do you want to use that time and like really get people to think, but then it's another hour of just being quiet. And then we bring the group back together. So um, yeah, we're excited to, to roll it out. Really excited. Man, that sounds amazing. And you know, when you think diversity, efficiency, culture, kindness, um, those three words just resonate, even if you get into a quiet place and just think about those four words and what they mean to you, um, you know, is so dynamic. I know you guys released the book 12 Second Culture uh, that you guys wrote together in the middle of a pandemic. And, and as we kind of wrap up, you know, what have you guys learned about yourselves, uh, you know, over this last year, building a business, um, being a husband, being a father, being a leader in the community, building a retreat <laughs> area um, that is going to disrupt everything we think about a leadership place. Um, what have you guys learned about you guys? I'll start. I, I, what we've learned is that all of us were born to shine. And I think, you know, Mike and I, one of the things that's certainly resonated as you start getting into bigger rooms is like you're meant to be in those rooms right like people need to start putting their hands up the world doesn't want your work they want your gift mike says that all the time and um you know one quick story i'll share with you is we had two navy seals that used to pit our race cars and um they went from zero aptitude to proficient faster than anyone we've ever had in the building and we asked them one day we're like hey what makes you guys so great and they said two things they said first of all we're experts at becoming experts and secondly, he said, we're not 40 percenters. So we kind of went down that road. I'm like, okay, what's a 40 percenter? And he's like, well, you are. You know, and I was kind of offended because I feel like I've done everything in my life 100%. Um, have, maybe not I've had 100% results, but there's 100% effort behind it. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit offended. I was like, explain that to me. And through their training, you know, through the United States military, um, they understand a lot of us are penned in by self-limiting beliefs usually formed from other people's opinions of us. And he said, the big problem is not that so many of us aim too high and miss, it's that we aim too low and we hit. And we, the, the world has so much more for us. And I think that's the one thing that we've done is Mike and I have started saying yes to anything, regardless of what it is. We don't let self-limiting beliefs you know, stop us. We're like, no, we're, this is our gift. Let's get it out there. We're not playing small and if we play small, we, in, we just invite humor into the situation and then we move on. And, and a lot of times it takes assuages the fear that comes with that. I would just add just being a bridge um, symbolically is just kind of how I see myself and then and what we do here. And whether that's for my kids, being a bridge from, you know, 
past to future um, connecting ideas or people that just don't get along or <laughs> haven't had a reason to, or, you know, just every, every, um, I don't know. It seems like everywhere we turn, there's disconnection. And so just trying to be a platform where people can connect to things. I think it's been great. Because Lawrence, it was two pandemics where the book came out in, right? There was the global COVID pandemic, you know, and then there was the, 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 the social justice pandemic, right? Yeah. So to, to be in the middle of both of those, um, you know, certainly it was illuminating, right? Like Mike said, it was always culture, culture, culture. And then the events of last year, um, we were getting called on for diversity a lot more, right? Like we have the most racially diverse pit crew in the history of NASCAR. Right. And tell companies, look, if we can make that work in NASCAR, you have no excuse not to, because NASCAR is a war zone when it comes to uh, comes to that. Well, when Mike, when Mike, when I first met Mike, and he uh, was like, "I'm a pit uh, crew coach for NASCAR," I like in my head, I'm like, "No, you're not," right? I, I, you know, because my son, right, is I'm a basketball guy, love basketball. I want my son to be in basketball, right? You know, but obviously he's a disruptor already at 11. And he wants to be a Formula One coach. He wants to be a NASCAR coach. He wants to, because he loves cars. And so I enter, you know, I, I introduced him to my relationship with Mike. Like, hey, I have a friend that does, you know, NASCAR. And he, he's just blown away um, because to see a, a black man in NASCAR um, with the trajectory that he has is, you just don't see that, right? And then, you know, Sean, with your background, it's like you guys are both like, this very unique team that is just disruptive. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like when you guys show up, you know you're going to get authenticity and you're just going to get something that kids um, can see and say, you know what, I can become that, right? Like I can become that. And, and I just appreciate you guys for giving me, even my son, a, a, a visual of what that looks like. Absolutely, man. Yeah, appreciate that. I'm excited for you guys to get from 40% to 50%. I know, I know. One day. Just, just, One just day. 50% is seeing Canada. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Right, those <laughs> overachiever Navy SEALs. <laughs> yeah, Megan is. I, I like your, I mean, it's, um, I'm, I'm tipping into my own life a little bit, but I, I have noticed pandemic and working from home for the first time in, you know, two decades. And, uh, you know, you just, you just hear things more and, you know, some of my, my kids were like, oh, daddy says no a lot. Daddy says no a lot. You know, and it's like, I was like, you know, when we make this move, I, I want to say yes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Play some solitaire. Yeah. Teach you how to play chess. Yeah. I can kick the ball for a minute. You know, it's like when you do that, I, I did notice that, you know, we kind of were saying no a lot, you know, can't, can't take the five minutes out or 10 minutes out or circle back, you know, yeah, I'll read to you. You know, which is something I love about Morris is inspiring dads, dads in general, if not black fathers to to read. You know, it's always the mom, you know, reading before bedtime, reading in the school, reading in the library, encouraging the books. So I, I love that. I, I think it is we, we uh, kind of say no to the wrong things and yes to the wrong things, mm. you know, and it, and it is I think there is a lot more to say no to. We've just been saying no to the wrong things. Yeah. yeah. Man, so Mike and Sean, where can people buy the book, 
12 second culture, where can they connect with you guys at and how can they plug in? Yeah. Uh, 12 second culture book.com um, is where you can find the book and our, and our website is deckleadership.com. And so there's a link to the book on there, but uh, info at deckleadership.com reach out, shoot us an email. We'll get back to you. We don't build decks. We've had a couple of people call and ask us to build their deck and we don't do that. We can, we just don't have time for it. <laughs> I don't know if you like it. But. <laughs> right. Right. I, I don't know. You, uh, it's one of those things, honestly, and for those, obviously, you're, you're listening to this. Um, Mike thinks he's like the strongest person that you know is in Charlotte, North Carolina. No, so, Jeff, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to show up to their like training because Mike like lifts these like ten pound balls, and then he says they're like hundred and fifty pounds. They are, and, and we're gonna have to show up and like and and show out. We're gonna have to show up and show out. Bring it. Yep. Nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll be the first to say that whatever that guy in the bottom corner square just said, that doesn't apply to the guy above him. <laughs> you know, so, no, I, my body is, I take, take very good care of myself because I ruined it early on with a lot of BMX racing and wow. crashing and blah, blah, blah. So that, that is not me anymore. But I did, I, I went to Charlotte. Once I told told Morris when the uh, Jordan had an All Star game there for high schoolers, and one day we took, you know, because Denny Hamlin was a Jordan Jordan sponsored, right? So we got to go over there and we took you know the top twenty high school basketball players over there, and and in the back they had they had the pit crew, you know, come out, and I mean of course Denny was doing donuts and all that stuff first, but then he pulls in and these guys jump over the wall and it's like. I mean, those guys, the, 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 those guys just didn't stop talking about it for like a week. I mean, and just that, yeah, the coordination, the strength, the, the agility. I mean, I got lots of respect seeing it firsthand. Yeah, so, thank you. You know, I'll I'll definitely spot Morris in the gym when he's with you, Michael. I have no problem with that, but. There's a 0% chance I'm getting in the gym with Sean and Mike. But, it'll be a one. It'll be a one v one, and I'll be, you know, pay per view yeah. promoter, whatever it co comes across. Yeah, but we, man, we appreciate you, fellas. Likewise, guys, love what you're putting out into the world, and thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate we're more than welcome to have you, and that, that's all the show is. Is just we're trying to just, you know, help help good people wherever we can, and and, and promote promote people that are trying to make make a big change. So we're thankful for you. Yeah, and Jeff, anytime you're in North Carolina, bring the bring the crew by the shop, man. We'll give them the, we'll give them the tour. Gosh, they'll never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been trying to recruit Jeff to Charlotte forever, oh, so man. maybe that's the key. Maybe I should have. Man, I didn't know that. Maybe that was the key to get him and get his kids yeah, down. Oh, yeah. And his kids wouldn't have let him let oh, him leave. They'd have been like, I just. I just looked at the schedule because I was like, man, these dudes, they're just wearing me out. Like my wife's like, you're going to have to do something. I'm like, okay. So I look at the schedule. I'm like, yeah, this is, they want to see the trucks. They want to see infinity on Saturday. They want to see the guys on Sunday. It's like, I don't know if I can do three days. Pocono is your ticket, man. Two, all yeah. those races, they're jamming all those races into two days in Pocono in, in a month. Yeah, I think it's it next month. So I'm going to have to do it. Let us know if you're there, man. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. They, 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 they got to earn it. You know, they, 
I'll leave him in the stands. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, appreciate it. Have a good safe week. Hey, great to meet you, Jeff. Thanks great for sending me Each and every one of you is important. We thank you for your time today and welcome your thoughts at any time. Are you better? Is your soul warmer than when you arrived? Let us know how you perceive the show and provide us with that five-star stamp. And next time, bring your friends. The soul makes you go.